Welcome to Not Takes. My name is Mary. My name is Matt. This is the show where we find hot takes about a topic and read them to you and discuss. Exactly. Hot takes from the internet on a specific topic that uh, neither of us has heard the other's hot takes, so it will make the discussions more spontaneous. We also have our own individual hot takes at the end. Today, we are talking about Star Wars, which normally we go in and explain our personal relationships to the topics of the day just to give a little context. Uh, So I feel like I should start this one because I'm a huge, huge Star Wars fan. And I know exactly. Mary is pretty casual fan, but she'll she'll explain all that. But I've Star Wars has been like my favorite thing since probably I was like three or something. Basically, as early as I can remember, I already was very into Star Wars. So I just always have been at a pretty deep level. Um, So I intentionally tried not to get too into the weeds with like quote unquote insider stuff so that I wouldn't leave Mary out in the cold. Um, But basically I know too much about Star Wars and that sums everything up, but it's also my safe place, my happy place. So it's a wonderful thing to have. What about you? Um, So we're, Matt and I are the same age. We're, well, not currently, because my birthday is before his, but we are in our late 20s. And so I think we both grew up um, when we were, I guess, what was that, like first grade when Phantom Menace would have come out? So like, yep, roughly. we were kind of like, I think pretty, it was pretty ubiquitous at the time, but neither of my parents have really any, I mean, they both they had both like seen the original three and had like a lukewarm relationship with them. Uh, so they like had us watch them when I was in middle school. So like long after I'd seen Phantom Menace, I don't, I didn't see Attack of the, is that the second one? Attack of the Clones? Mm-hmm. Filthy casual. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I didn't see the second one in theaters. I remember seeing the third one in theaters and leaving the theater. Cause my mom and I were like, uh, I don't get it. And we peaced out. Um, but I did just rewatch that for the first time, like last week, me and Matt watched it and it was fine. It was better than I remember. It was kind of fun in some spots. There was some heinous directing choices, which is, (laughs) I mean, Star Wars. So yeah, Yeah. that's my relationship with Star Wars is like, I don't care that much about it, but I did see all three of the new ones in theaters. Famously, famously hated the first new one. You you hated Force Awakens? Have we talked about oh, that? So much. Um, yeah, we could talk about that later. That's actually not my hot take because my hot no. take is more fun. But um, yeah, no, that's not I just that hot of my, a take anyway. I had, I just okay. I'll just sum up my issue with that movie very quickly. Was that it was very much presented to me. I mean, not specifically to me, but to the world, I would say, and especially to feminist media outlets, uh, that this was going to be, I remember J.J. Abrams being all all up on the internet, talking about how this was the Star Wars moms and daughters could watch. And it was going to be so girl power. Let me tell you that this movie does not pass the Bechdel test unless you count um, the alien that 
Lupita Nyong'o plays, which, I mean, that's a stretch because she's is a female, but is also. You think it that that would make it pass because Ray and Ma's talk and like, they exclusively mm-hmm. talk about her. Yes, and they don't talk about any men. But even then, they do. I mean, it's like it, it's like it's tough when like the villain of a movie is a is a man. Like I don't think that like that sometimes is, I think is hard because it's like why would they be talking? Like why really are they going to be talking about something else if like they're talking to this person to like? But they are talking about her as Ray, like Ray's character, like as whatever she's doing. My issue was <laughs> her and Leia never spoke a word to each other, even though they were in the same room. Yeah, that and those types of issues specifically are, I think, the most prevalent and most valid criticisms of the sequels is that just weird, yeah, it just, things like that where it's like Ray and they, they did not get to that of Ray and Leia bonding until they had to use archival footage of Carrie in yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Like they bungled it and wasted so much time that Carrie had was already gone by the time they yeah. tried to put them movie so uh, yeah i totally get all that anyway all that to say my biggest reason for seeing the new ones was because i'm a big carrie fisher fan outside i mean i mean obviously kind of propelled by star wars because that's i mean she main thing that's her you know that's her real starting point but i loved her character in sex in the city i love her in I mean, she's in so much, but like Blues I, Brothers. <laughs> I, sure. Uh, I just, and I love her books are so funny. And she yeah. was just such a light in my life. So that was sort of like once I knew she was in them, I was like, okay, well, I definitely have to see these because I love Carrie Fisher. And I ended up, I did end up liking the second two. I actually liked Blast Jedi a lot. And I liked the last one just fine. Um, but I think coming at it from a perspective of, I don't know that much or care that much about Star Wars made me enjoy them more the first the second two and I think I would have enjoyed the first one more if I wasn't disappointed by the by just JJ Abrams kind of hyping it up as this like lady Star Wars and then it was just lady singular. So there were a lot of things that were hyped up that were not followed yeah. through on two of a lot of which did revolve around female characters. Um but yeah, so actually some of that does relate to my final hot take. So I will hold that for later. Um, I think you should read your first take because I want to make sure that I didn't choose stuff that's like too in the weeds to where like, because I think the fun of today will be getting two pretty different perspectives, but in the plate in the same way that we come from the same place of like trying to be as positive as possible, but also being often frustrated by the ridiculousness of the internet or (laughs) just whatever it is so but you go ahead and go first and i'm very curious what you found i will preface this by saying that i have not seen mandalorian or whatever else is on disney plus so book of boba fett's the only other full show yeah isn't there animated one too well yeah there's definitely animated stuff but Um, those aren't like those don't count as part of the whole thing they do um they're just also see i've not seen solo i forgot about that I was oh, going to watch that we, last week and We I should watch that soon because I actually think you'll really like that. And I very much like Solo, which... I've heard that was fun. Yeah. And I like all the people in it, even though I thought there was another guy that was like... I, when I heard about the cat, like when they first released the casting, like there was like rumors about this other dude who looked a lot like Harrison Ford. And then they picked the guy that didn't. And I thought it was funny. But I also yeah. had no idea. So yeah, anyway. He does a good job of, 
of being Han yeah. and not Harrison Ford. So anyway. my first, the first hot take I pulled from Twitter is this person says hot take, maybe not, but Disney is the best thing that happened to Star Wars. And I think this is very loaded because I know a lot of people have opinions. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't see any, I don't see that much Disney influence in the three movies, the three newest movies that I saw. And it seems like the stuff that's on Disney plus is very well regarded and people are very excited about Obi-Wan, which even I saw that trailer and was like, that looks pretty dope. So I thought that, I thought that about Mandalorian too, though, and I haven't watched that yet. So I just really like baby Yoda also. <laughs> I, I think, um, so you said you don't, you have no opinion on this because you can't really tell a difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not any, not to me, nothing negative, but I don't know. Like a lot of the things that I find positive about the newest ones are just a product of time, I guess. And just like the, you know, like the original three being really good, but just like a lot of issues on how they treat Leia and just like, I don't know, random stuff that I just thought was weird in the first, in the original trilogy. And then obviously there's just a myriad issues with the prequels so the sequel sequels is that no i guess yeah, they just call them the, the sequels that's what they yeah time jumps um i mean all the things that i a lot of the things that i thought were like positive improvements were wouldn't have i wouldn't like attribute to disney and anything i thought was bad i definitely not attribute to disney's involvement or not i thought i think I mean, yeah i i would I would, I agree with you and I would almost fully agree with this person because now it's tough to say, oh, it's the best thing that ever happened to Star Wars. Obviously, like we've said in previous episodes, when you're, when you're speaking that broadly, if you're taking it at face value, obviously it can't be correct. But um, yes, I think I get immensely frustrated and have narrowed the Star Wars like discussions and online content that I consume so much because I got so exhausted, like with the same incredible ignorance of like, oh, it's Disney, they're going to do this or, oh, Disney ruined this or that. And I'm like, half the time, it's something that was actually pre-Disney. And other times it, they forget that Lucasfilm as the production company still exists and is the company that is making Star Wars. Disney, I'm sure, has certain amounts of say in things. But the actual creative decisions are all being made at Lucasfilm, which, yes, George is not directly or officially involved anymore other than his occasional popping in on the set of like Mandalorian and stuff. And the fact that Dave Filoni, who runs a lot of the TV stuff, uh, is kind of his protege in a lot of ways. But all that to say, I think it's borderline factual. I don't have a way to like lay it all out there but that disney is not the one making the decisions that people are complaining about and most of the time that i see people complaining about disney they are complaining about something they haven't even read or watched yet and they are like straight up incorrect about a bunch of it so mm-hmm. i think this is a this is a solid take in the sense that they're they're being trying to be overwhelmingly positive in the face of a lot of frustrating ignorance um and yeah a, a lot of like a lot of things have happened with 
quote unquote Disney Star Wars that I never dreamed would be like that I would get to see as like an official Star Wars thing. Things that only existed in my childhood mind with action figures and stuff like expanding Star Wars to what I always knew it could be beyond because obviously original trilogy amazing classic yes but there's so much more than that um and like we talked about in the tolkien episode like it's it's the world building is a huge part of it Mm -hmm. for me and i think both of us to some degree like Mm -hmm. um and that yeah that has only expanded in fictional terms and as you were talking about earlier like inclusivity terms of Yes, people complain about like, oh, diversity quotas or whatever thing that they're making up. It's like, no, I feel like A, Star Wars being a galaxy that's always adding new things and canonically has trillions of beings in it. Of co- It's the perfect place to showcase characters of different styles and um, relatability for different types of people. So... Yeah, I it, it all comes back around to something we had talked about in the Marvel episode, our first episode, that you can kind of identify when people are uh, complaining about something just because there's like a minority or a woman in it or something, which again, that, like you also said in that episode, using the you're sexist or whatever criticism if someone didn't like Last Jedi or whatever is ridiculous too, mm-hmm. but it's you can see some of that stuff coming (laughs) yeah yeah i definitely think um people taking their criticism of the movies out on the actors is i mean obviously that's insane and unacceptable it's you know interesting that they only chose the non-white actors to bully on the internet right for, for the vast majority of it anyway for the most part yeah and it and i at first when i heard about that like i almost didn't believe it but the more you learn about like it's 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 becoming the more that these bigoted extremist groups become like tolerated by mm-hmm. the government and whatever big picture stuff the more that things like actors being harassed on social media becomes like a standard move and it's absolutely bonkers like that that happens and i don't know I, I don't even know what to say about that other than it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I mean, it's like blaming a, a record label change for someone's, I don't know, new, new album sucking in a way that like, it's not because they moved to a record label. It's because they made choices you didn't like. Yeah. Or like, and, I- and there's so many things along the way, especially if it's a huge artist, like their record label doesn't give a fuck what they put out. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess like like, it's definitely a thing in in the past, especially Mm -hmm. for record labels to try and force artists to do certain things. But in this case, like your analogy, it would be like exactly what you said. Plus, it would be, man, it would be like if you had like a signed affidavit from the label that said they weren't going to contact the artist until the album was done, and then you still blame the label. Like it's that. extreme of like that's not how it works yeah that seems to be like i mean and just thinking about i mean i don't obviously i'm not in the film industry but i do um, one of my cousins was for a long time so like i do have like some sort of 
a little bit of my toe in the water of like knowing how things sort of work. And it just, it's so far removed from the largest production company on the project that like, it's like, there's so, there's still, like you said, Lucasfilm and like the director and the writer. And there's like so many layers that are like below Disney that like, you're not like their influence is the furthest from it in some ways, because it's not like, I mean, Disney obviously is not an entity of one person. It's like a company. So it's not like Disney, the company wrote the scripts or like whatever, but it seems to me that like there's better money and they they have more resources with Disney because Disney's resources are like all but unlimited. I would imagine, especially compared to not being with Disney. <laughs> yeah. But like, and, you know, and it's, Disney, they were under 20th century Fox. So Disney would have gotten them eventually. anyway. Yeah. Which is, I mean, another conversation of, you know, monopolies and. Right. And that's, yeah, that's, that's a complicated but... thing because it's like for exactly the very good point you made of how many layers there are in between. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I can feel relatively comfortable being so into things like Star Wars when, yeah, Disney, the corporation and a bunch of other of its fellows are, do a lot of really bad things. And it's like, well, do I want to support that? And it's like, well, the creators who are making these great yeah. and positive things are not the same thing as this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's the way I yeah. sort of excuse it to myself. I definitely, and like, especially, I mean, the, all of the like Pixar animators and, you know, people who just like wrote this open letter and that they feel comfortable enough in their position within Pixar and the separation to, you know, call out their boss's boss, basically like, that kind of gives me comfort as well, just that they have the sort of, I don't know, confidence in their, in their position in their, within their company as Pixar to say like, Hey, Disney business daddy to borrow a phrase from John Oliver. Uh, we're not down with that. So, and, and that Pixar just released turning red, which I would consider including brave the most feminist Disney movie of all time. God, I love Brave it's, so much. And I do want to see Turning Red. It's I great. love Red Pandas and it seems like it's going to be a good movie. It's got Red Pandas. It's got, it's got boy bands. It's got 13 <laughs> year old girls, which are hilarious. And just, I mean, I think anybody who's ever been 13, which is anyone over the age of 13 can appreciate <laughs> just the, it's a total side note, but there was this reviewer from, I don't even know, New Yorker. I don't want to misquote that. I don't know where it was. New York Times? I don't know. It was like a large publication. And this dude was like, if you're not a 13-year-old Asian girl in Toronto, you're not going to get turning red at all. And I was like, what? That's, yeah. I mean, and the whole and- internet was like, what? And he, he had to, like, remove his post from the internet because it was so egregious. But, I mean, and that's like to bring it back to star wars like i remember hearing like i mean not anyone i know but just people on the internet being like oh you just can't relate to the new stories because it's a girl okay well what yeah, I think that's girls insane about you know all, all movies <laughs> also like how could like how does someone's i don't it's ridiculous to me anyway what's your first hot take so my first hot take um 
is I think a little more story related. And I'm very curious to hear what you think being a very casual fan. Um, I'm going to, I'll try and sort of breeze through this because it's a, a little bit of a longer one, but um, this person said, while they're absolutely rough from a filmmaking perspective, the prequel movies present by far the most intriguing setting of all three movie trilogies, a decaying Republic, an army made up of essentially slaves, a secret religious conflict around an order of clerics at the head of the government, morally ambiguous conflicts with large scale symmetrical battles. The movies were barely interested in some of these concepts, but they set them up and provided the space for them to be explored elsewhere. So I thought that was interesting just because it's an examination of the settings, which there are a lot, there's a lot to be said between the original and the sequels and all that stuff, but more so what I agree with that reinforces kind of my, what one of my major reasons for loving Star Wars is how like big it is and how many Mm -hmm. different concepts you can talk about and experience. Um, And I think, I don't know if I'd be ready to agree that exclusively the prequel era is the most interesting but I very much appreciate where they're coming from and pointing out the parts of it that are interesting. And especially the end that at the very least, no matter how you feel about the movies, they, they allowed it for, for this to be a new, new time period in this fictional universe that can explore these topics and many more like at length. And I love the books and comics and stuff too, because you get to, to see things from a different perspective, a less broad and fast paced perspective and uh, something about books. I, a lot of time, like when we were talking, I think in the Harry Potter one, that the benefit of books or the advantage of books over certain other types of media, like you get to hear characters thoughts and stuff, mm-hmm. whether it's new characters talking about something, you know, about, or a character, you know, talking about things in even more depth. So I, I think I don't fully agree with them, but I do agree with their general like reasoning. Sorry, I, to clarify, they're talking about the prequels? Yeah, they think the, the time period and they, they specifically said setting. So like the general setup of the prequels is the most interesting conceptually to them. More so than Rebels versus Empire and more so than Resistance versus First Order because yeah. A, those are the same thing and B, they are ev- they're a little more old-fashioned like swashbuckly kind of thing whereas the prequels, it gets a little more complex. Yeah, I, that was something I was actually thinking about when we were watching Revenge of the Sith that it was interesting that like they're sort of trusting the bad guy for a while uh, which is palpatine yeah well for a while for uh, for 20 plus years yeah and like within that movie they're like he's like well he told me to so it's what i did and they're like okay (laughs) and like and that's so that to me is like a lot i don't know more interesting of a of like a real life parallel than sort of the you know dictator darth vader like i can see why that would be like because it's so clear that Darth Vader is a bad guy, even though like you do feel for him in some ways in some parts because you're like, oh, but he's his daddy. Well, and, and the Emperor know why isn't he went bad. The Emperor Palpatine in the original trilogy isn't shown in person till the third movie anyway. So yeah, you get you get the 
the sort of the violent side of it right away as opposed yeah. to the, the and and i don't know if you uh knew this but like the prequels were george has said are very intentionally meant to be a sort of not political satire fully but like based on both vietnam and to yeah, some I, degree I like the bad. war on terror <laughs> like obviously they came out before that really yeah. kicked off but as they fleshed it totally out more that. in the clone in revenge of the sith and the clone wars like that stuff started to come through just but again it's the it's if we're talking vietnam or it's the same people if we're talking like string pulling type stuff it's literally the same people in real life. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you're spot on with that. And I, th- I like something else I was thinking about too with that is like them wanting to get rid of the Jedi, but they're, they're also, I mean, they used like, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I could be, but like the dark side is just Jedis who do bad stuff. Yes. Kind of. Most of the time, but like they just use Jedi powers for bad. So Jedi, it's not that there are Jedi specific powers. It's that the Jedi are the largest organization that works. It's a religious organization, like this person said, technically, because the force is a real thing. It is a real, like, paranormal slash natural and supernatural thing. And this is actually a lot of interesting new stuff, speaking of the Disney era, where they're kind of discussing this from a philosophical point. Um And they actually, in Last Jedi, one of the things that I do like about it explains it. Like, the Jedi don't have a monopoly on the Force, but you can, the Force works on emotions and stuff. So using the light side is essentially using the Force, which is, as Obi-Wan says in the original movie, like, it surrounds and binds everyone. It comes (laughs) from every living thing. Um, it's using that to kind of break the laws of nature in a sense by like levitating stuff, whatever it may be. The light side is using it selflessly. And according to the Jedi, and I think according to George Lucas, essentially canonically, the force is good, but the dark side is like the corrupted version mm-hmm. of it. So yes, it does end up being Jedi a lot of times, but the dark side is anything where the force is used selfishly and to harm okay. people and aggress and as a weapon generally that's, so yeah. anyway we're, we're, i'm sorry I, I went really long time no, that's what was the re- good the information because it yeah. kind of does kind of change what i was thinking but like what i was kind of thinking about was like it's it reminded me a little bit of like drain the swamp how like <laughs> people want to drain the swamp but then just put different swamp monsters in it like like mm-hmm. it's not it they just want to fill it back up so that that that's what I kind of was getting from Revenge of the Sith that like they were like, yeah, we got to get rid of these Jedi, but we're going to bring in our own people who are similar, just do different things. Exactly. Well, and that's right in the sense that, yeah, Palpatine and his cabal, his small like group of people that actually know who he is, which is like a Sith, the most powerful Sith Lord ever. So like evil incarnate. He tricks using fear and various other relatable modern thing misinformation all these things um to convince the populace and more specifically the senate who clearly do just as in real life don't really represent their constituents convinces them that they are safer getting rid of the jedi when in fact yeah they're they're like oh you're right the jedi are bad and then he is he is 
like the evil version of the Jedi, which that, and that's, there's a lot of debate to be had, whether the Sith and the Jedi, how close they are to each other. That's a whole other thing, but yeah, you're totally right about that too. I think. So, yeah, I think, I think this take is like, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily, I mean, I don't really have an opinion whether I disagree or agree, I guess, but I do. I mean, I do agree in some way that that is very interesting. Like that is to me, I guess, more interesting than the straight up good versus evil. It's a little bit, it's a little bit murkier, which I think is always a little more interesting. Yeah, totally. And um, you could also say that like the, the original trilogy rebels versus empire like they still they're that's obviously where all these concepts came from of like oh there used to be the jedi order and they used to mm-hmm. be all this good stuff so they they hearken back to that time and then what i and a ton of people i think appreciate about the prequels in that era is yeah you finally get to see it and just despite the people that we've talked about before that i want less of the thing i like crowd <laughs> like not only do you get to finally see what they were referring to you get because you see it, you get to expand into other directions that don't even necessarily have to do with the originals. Um, Mm. And uh, lastly on that topic, like, yeah, just, just that it's, it's, uh, it's a little, like you said, it's murky, it's gray in the sense that it's less straightforward and the Jedi do seem to be making a lot of bad decisions, but I, I also become exhausted with the whole, like the Jedi are always bad and, blah 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 and it's like no that the point again george has just straight up said it the point was that the jedi were in a way at their worst at that because a palpatine was right there using essentially magic to mess with them plus the politics and all these other things where they they over the last couple hundred years or whatever it had been were becoming lesser versions of what they were meant to be, which comes into the whole sort mm-hmm. of philosophical ideological side of it of like dogmatism, all those mm-hmm. things. And you get to examine that in a fictional sense, but of course a fictional belief system that is informed and based on real world ones. Cause yeah. I mean, it has to be because a, a, a real human being wrote it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What is your uh, second internet take? So my second one Salsa from Twitter, and this person says, Hot take, Star Wars has always sucked, and we've all just been fooled by it, fooled by how cool lightsabers are. Which I mean, I mean, I I picked this because I I disagree hard. <laughs> Even as someone who is, as we have mentioned several times, a casual Star Wars fan. But like I just and this just like goes back to something we've talked about several times of just like if you don't like something, just don't like it. Like what? Like if you don't like something just because you don't like it, not because you have like, I don't know, some, you know, like moral or like actual critique of it, just shut up. But like, so what if the best, so what if the best thing about Star Wars was just that lightsabers were cool? It could still be cool. You could still think it was good. Like, even if it's just like, I like lightsabers, that's why I watch Star Wars, that's still a valid reason. Like, yeah. Just, why exactly. not? I mean, it- <laughs> it's just one of those things, like, I just, there's there's something to be said, like, there are definitely extremely popular things that, like, I don't like, obviously. Um, but, like, it's hard for me to say that anything that is extremely popular is bad. Because, like, 
obviously a huge portion of the world's population likes it. Like, I don't like the idea that thinking that the vast majority of humans have bad taste or are dumb or both. I just don't, that's such a bad way to look at the world. Like, why would you want to look at the world that way? Just why? (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, I think a more nuanced and realistic version of what this person is saying uh, would be that Star Wars has always been silly and over the top and perhaps even you could say something as harsh as flawed but instead of saying but lightsabers are cool say like lightsabers and many other things about it are still awesome like it's it it's just like it's the not having to take it too terribly seriously allows you to a enjoy it and b take it really seriously if you want to. Like I can acknowledge that like when we were watching Revenge of the Sith, I was actually, it had been a while. So like I was actually kind of taken aback at how baffling the dialogue takes that they chose were like, like the, the emphasis and stuff. I'm like, I know that's not how Ewan or Hayden or Natalie or any of those people said it the first time. Right. Like we know that, that George is doing something for a specific reason that most of us don't understand, but that doesn't mean that I can't also have a very like enlightening and stimulating philosophical discussion about like the nature of the force mm-hmm. and in how it relates to the fictional universe and the real world. Like yeah. you can do those things when you aren't, when you don't feel like you're above it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, I mean, that's something, like, I've thought about. I mean, that's something you can say about anything. Like, on its surface, of course, like, Harry Potter is kids doing magic. And The Hunger Games is kids killing each other. And With melee weapons. <laughs> I mean, anything can be boiled down to something silly. Even, like, a very serious movie, you could. Like, I just saw, actually... So I, the other day, um, I, sometimes I like to watch like YouTube compilations of just like a bunch of nineties commercials or whatever. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're just really fun. Mm -hmm. And I was watching one the other day and there was this, um, trailer for a movie and it was, it was Thora Birch and the guy, hold on, let me get his name. Cause I, hold on. One sec. He is also in the Hunger Games, I believe. He's uh, uh, Seneca in the Hunger Games. Yeah, Wes Bentley. So it only oh. <laughs> showed Thor Birch and Wes Bentley in this trailer. And it was like this trailer. So it was from, I think, 1999. And it was like on, I don't know, Fox or whatever random channel this person had like found an old tape of. And it was just those two and it was like framed as a bit of a, like a romantic comedy almost and this movie was american beauty which is number 1 not a comedy number 2 they didn't show kevin spacey in the trailer whatsoever and i was like this is so weird that someone made this trailer about this like serious movie about gross stuff spoiler alert and like 
made this like weird rom-com trailer and it wasn't even like a joke it was on actual television in 1999 this was like a trailer for this movie and like started to bring it back to like you can find anything in anything if you look for it yeah and you can find but like on the you know you can find it you can find some the lightness in anything and like the dumb parts of anything as much as you can find the dark parts and the sort of good commentary or whatever as long as you look for it and it's you know granted actually there but i don't even know if it has to be there honestly well and that's the thing i think the the addendum or addition to what you said is like that trailer and like people with toxic sort of intentions on the internet you can find anything you look for even if it's not there if like that trailer you deceive people <laughs> like like Correct. you just straight up are misleading like yeah that trailer uses real footage from the movie but if it uses different music and like cuts it in a different way of course it's going to be misleading and i i feel like i remember that i might just be like creating a false memory though that like yeah they used to be way trickier with like trailers and of course now like the general public is finally pushing back against the whole showing the entire movie in the trailer thing but yeah trailers trailers were very weird and i think we've we've also seen them made fun of and parodied and referenced yeah. so much over the past 20 years that any trailer from the 90s and the 80s seems like it's from like tim and eric because it's just so over the top so weird. and like goofy and dated that you're just like whoa this was like the voice they went with like on purpose and it yeah. like wasn't a joke but it's the whole like the, that classic Seinfeld effect of like after once something is imitated enough times it the original yeah. potentially loses its potency mm -hmm. yeah but I, I think that if something prompts you to think about something differently than like it had a positive effect on you and like it and like clearly star wars has a positive effect and makes people happy and they're not doing bad things i mean there are probably people who you know have shitty thoughts because of star wars or like because of what they perceive to be the point or whatever but if you're watching it and even if it just has no if if your best thought about it is i like it then like that's good enough why not yeah like if it's not like overall hurting people then like i don't see why it's anybody's business that people like it like yeah even if it's like and even like it's a it's a whole thing of like there's so many bad movies that we just enjoy watching like the room or you know birdemic or whatever you know i feel like that was a big phase when we were in college especially yeah. just watching really shitty b movies but like but we enjoyed them everybody enjoys a good oh hi mark joke like <laughs> you know why not if you like something you like something if something brings you joy just let it yeah exactly and it doesn't have to preclude any other emotion that it brings as well. All right. So my second internet take, 
which again, I am curious to get your opinion from a casual fan who just watched Revenge of the Sith, but did not watch the Clone Wars at all, um, the animated series, uh, which is takes place between episode two and three. Uh, so this person says, my hot take, people only like the Clone Wars because they grew up with it. Humanizing the clone army is a bizarre creative choice spurred by the need for extra protagonists in a kid's show. And I chose this one because I, I mean, A, I disagree that people like it only because they grew up with it because I did not watch it in its entirety when I was, I mean, I was getting to middle school and high school when it was just getting started. So I wasn't really necessarily looking for an animated kid show at the time. And then since going to college, I've been like, wait, I can, I can still watch and like animated things. Um, but I, the thing that stood out to me is I, when I first, hmm, I thought I wouldn't like the show for a long time uh, because I didn't like the art style. And I still am like, I wish they didn't go with that art style um, for most of the animated series. And I always wanted it to be 2D animation, yada, yada. But I also, it felt weird that, yeah, the, they were having these various clone characters um, be fully fleshed out characters because the thing that always made it kind of haunting Order 66, like we just watched in Revenge of the Sith, was that, yeah, these Jedi and clones have been fighting side by side for roughly three years. Um, and little did the Jedi know the clones have been ready to turn on them at a moment's notice the whole time. That's scary. That's really dark. Um, and it, and that it's definitely there. And then what the clone wars did was show the clones as much more individual, which gave a different feel than some of the previous like clone wars related material before the actual show itself. But I will say to like to this person or people who feel that way, like even before the Clone Wars animated series in like the comics and stuff that were the Republic comics that were like super dark, they were like, they were straight up like Apocalypse Now Star Wars edition type stuff. Um, and but they still introduced certain clone characters that were um, that could relate and interact with the with the Jedi and stuff. But I will say they were much more along the lines of like a stoic master chief type character, like few words, occasionally a clever quip after they like kill a bad guy kind of thing. But because George has said many times, Star Wars is for 12 year olds, like get over yourselves. But like it fits the spirit of it more to show that, yes, these these beings that were essentially created as like the person in the previous take said kind of slaves to fight and die when they're only half the age they appear to be like showing that they are real people too and should have agency and are essentially victims goes to the theme of star Wars more mm -hmm. than, than purely. And yes, the, the, the more faceless, nameless, clone kind of thing lends itself a lot to the uh the political intrigue of like oh manufacturing a war and how scared the banality of evil all that stuff mm -hmm. but i think it makes it hit home on a emotional level even more when you're like okay not only were the jedi victims of this 
but so were the clones. Um, and there's, yeah, they've gotten a lot of good stories about that and the different and just kind of what is free will and how do you like a lot of stuff in the end of the clone wars and, and bad batch and things like that. So I, I disagree with this person, but now that I've rambled for a long time, like your main exposure has been just basically seeing revenge of the Sith um, and seeing the bits of clones you get there. And they do like commander Cody who is ends up being the series. Like he's a more named clone. Like do, do you have, do you, do you have a perspective on which one of these seems like a better storytelling choice? Between? Between, like, between, like, humanizing the clones or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I would say, I mean, I think it's more interesting to humanize the clones, for sure. And because, okay, from what I, I'm, like, I was just Googling this to make sure that I have the right thought here. Okay, the person that, um... Anakin marries is the queen or not the queen she was the queen when okay in, so she's the same but she's the same person she's not a clone but she has a clone also uh no, no there are no there no there are no clones of the only clones are clones of Jango Fett who are in the grand army of the republic okay I'm just thinking about the wrong thing scratch me here you'd anyway. maybe thinking of a different movie that Natalie <laughs> I don't no know. I was thinking that Oh, it's Kira Knightley, isn't it? Oh, yes, but she was just a body double. I could see where you'd get that confused. Okay, never mind. Okay, I thought that she was... Okay, never mind. Just ignore whatever I've just said. No, I totally I totally see what you were thinking, though. I thought she, she is... was, I don't know, a clone. Anyway, no, I think, like, I mean, in general, that and that, like, kind of is, I mean, something that we have to think about when... Like in, I guess, in from a science perspective, like there's like, is it like that? I've heard like different uh, stories on NPR about um, how they've like, there's different rules. Um, there's different like science rules about um, how close they can create a like chimera is the wrong word. That's the word they used on NPR, but I think that evokes like a different, I don't know, meaning, but like, they kind of like cross, they try and like crossbreed stuff and do experiments on it. And like, at what point is it too close to a human for it to be experimented on? And that's sort of like, I mean, that's an actual conversation that people in the world have to have, like how human is human. And like, I mean, and it's something I think about all the time because I am obsessed with chimps, rightfully so, they are adorable. And, like, it freaks me out to look at chimps and apes because, like, if you look real close at their hands, I just saw an albino one the other day. I think I sent you a picture of, like, an albino gorilla's hands, and it looks, like, legit like a, a chubby human hand when it's, like, not deep black. Yeah. Like a gorilla is when it's, like, more of a, you know, white person flesh color. Like, you're like, oh, my God, that's so close and like they're i mean like just looking at like great apes hands and ears is just like freaky to me because they're so so close to ours their hands yeah. and ears especially and like just the kind of like thinking about like 
but we put these in and like, and I do for the very most, for the most part, think that good zoos are good. And like, that's a whole other thing. But like, I think good zoos are good and like are actually good for conservation and whatever. But like, but we do put them in a thing and people go and see them. And like, that's weird to think that these are, I mean, just a little bit removed from people. And if we put people in an enclosure and want to look at them, that would be terrible. Yeah. And that did happen like (laughs) just barely over a hundred years ago, which is also oh, a yeah. whole other level of insane oh yeah but I, yeah but, they're so close it's it's both fascinating beautiful and terrifying uh-huh. how amazingly close like they are yeah I guess it's like how close is human but also what regardless of whether it's human or not what is like a person like yeah. if a chimp if we're talking like maybe not quite to planet of the apes level but like if a chimp like like the gorillas that can do sign language like they can they can talk yeah and shit like the tiktok dogs that have yeah. the buttons that That's can like they a- can talk it's like fuck is that a person or not like i feel like though like the tiktok trend of people like teaching their pets how to talk with buttons has like i mean i don't i'm not an animal researcher but i feel like that's like done more at least in a in a pop way of like showing that animals are way smarter than we thought than like actual science could because it's like so apparent that like they understand especially like it's it to me it's especially like crazy when they like know how to use words like bitch <laughs> like <laughs> that they're like the dog that just is like doesn't get what they want and then they just go bitch like <laughs> to me that's like seen that one, that's but. such a like abstract concept it's not just like I want food or like yeah they have ones that that I've seen like like bunny is I think the most famous one oh, yeah. on TikTok like that the, that dog and a few others that yeah they'll they'll basically express like emotions or like one of them like I guess she, like bunny the dog had had to take some sort of medication because she had like a stomach problem and then the dog like basically used the buttons to say like my stomach feels better after this, after I had that, like, thank you kind of thing. That's like freaky. I remember like seeing, not, I, not that ahead. many words, but, but the concept very clearly came across. I, I think it was bunny who said like, did something like yesterday was tomorrow is, or, or today is or something. And I was like, that's fucking deep for, I mean, a dog to be like, yesterday was <laughs> like yeah yeah and they'll say like i i dog you human or whatever like they they know that they're different but that they're still yeah. like communicating which to bring it back to star wars is another great thing uh to to show like the different sort of uh beyond just like lifestyles of what we consider as different ways you can live as a human but just like different forms of life and yeah star trek and other harder sci-fi gets into this a little more in a more like realistic way but they do it in star wars too of like whether it's an analog for just bridging cultures in real life or if it's like played for laughs or a serious thing of like how how which if you live in a galaxy where there are thousands of different types of beings and some of them are a lot like you and some of them 
are borderline incomprehensible like and they're all supposed to interact like i don't know that's that that's one of those things too where it's like how would you like that's that's where you get with star wars being like uh space fantasy you can get around by basically having everyone be like a genius and everything like all the care well mostly the stories follow characters who are exceptional are involved in crazy stuff like there's very few stories that are about people who just go to a nine to five in the star wars universe like they're there but yeah they're the story about them wouldn't be that different Mm -hmm. but if you you gotta have the like even if it's not a jedi like oh i speak like six different languages Mm -hmm. and i've can do this and that but I think like that was one of my favorite episodes of the Orville, which I know they say is coming back, but I have very little faith anymore. Waiting so long. There was that episode where um, the guy, the guy, what's his name? The guy who comes from the planet that where everyone is male. Oh, Bordis. Yeah. Where he's like, they have a daughter and then they want to like, they, it's like the ritual of their planet to like make it a boy yeah and like everyone's like this is fucked and like that was such an interesting episode because like you have no idea really what's right and wrong because like in our sort of human perspective it's like fucked up to just like choose that your child is a boy now like but we're not those characters like those creatures who are from like a different planet who are have always done this so that's the way they do it and like that was i mean i definitely the point of the episode was that it was just like different people do different things or you know but in the same way that like like in star wars there's all these different people that like you there's different you know there's always gonna be different perspectives on how to interact with each other and like how to kind of navigate human i was gonna say like like humanity but i guess i mean that not it's human but in that way like that sort of more global like what is intelligent life or whatever yeah and and they also like it's just it's just known that it's gonna be tough sometimes but you just yeah that's just the reality of it people aren't like trying well other than the bad guys people aren't really trying to make everyone else conform to one singular thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which again is a good parallel for sort of the American political system and whatever, just the Right. Which will, and that, yeah, you can have good discussions of that because it's like, yeah, you don't want to make people conform to one thing, but even in Star Wars, there is still a government and you still have to have Mm -hmm. like laws of like, yeah, you can't, you can't abuse people this way or take advantage of people this way or like you you, there are there does have to be universal rules Mm -hmm. but like only on basically matters of people's health safety freedoms etc yeah and and what they agree on democratically and yada yada i think star wars is pretty pro-democracy as our most reasonable people i think if it is a democracy where you're that actually is a democracy not just says but not where you vote kind of kind of counts 
Exactly. Kind of counts if you live in a state. Like an actual representative democracy, which again, discussed in Star Wars and what happens when that breaks down. Mm -hmm. So that brings us to um, your personal hot take for our second to last. Okay, my personal hot take is that the Weird Al song, The Saga Begins, is the best crafted piece of Star Wars media. And I have said this on Twitter before and had people agree with me, but I want to get your opinion because here's my reasoning here is that yes, it's only, I don't know, six minutes, but it has no flaws whatsoever. (laughs) Not one. I will not be taking criticism at this time. No, I mean, I just, I think it, it does a better job of explaining what happens in the Phantom Menace to me than the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. I think I mostly know what happens in that movie because I, so it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, also, just obviously, you know this about me that I uh, worship Weird Al. He is uh, my Lord and Savior. No. Um, but I just think, I think for better or worse, like so much of Star Wars. Is uh, the conversation around Star Wars is always that there are parts of it that are bad, and to me, there is nothing bad about the saga begins, which would make it the best crafted piece of Star Wars media in my mind. I, now, I, I what? now I'll have the caveat that I have only seen the Star Wars movies. Right. So, so I follow your logic especially that the conversation is often dominated by complaints or flaws. Um, and yes, I'd say that as a, as a song and especially as a parody song, it is perfect. I've all, I've loved that song since it came out as well. Um, yeah. Weird Al's amazing. And obviously I don't think it's like the literal best piece of star Wars media, but what I will say to semi agree with you is I would say it is the best, arguably the best piece of Star Wars comedy media, and especially the best like Star Wars thing that is outside of the universe. Like, like that is okay. a real world sort of thing. Um, yeah, because it's it's just it's 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 makes it funny. And you can joke about all these things from this movie while not being anti Star Wars or that movie like at all. Yeah. I mean, it's, which is why Weird Al is so great. Like he makes funny yeah. stuff without ever like shitting on anyone. Yeah. That's I mean, that's kind of his whole thing. I, I remember very recently listening to an interview with him. Actually, maybe you told me about this. I don't know. Anyway, um, he was talking about how in one of his songs i think it's word crimes he says like someone is a spaz or like that would make you a spaz or something and like not realizing that in the u.s spaz is just kind of like you know a person who's like i don't know a little too much energy or you know whatever just kind of a really innocuous term somewhat but in the uk it has a totally different meaning yeah. of like it's like a slur for people who 
like have OCD or like people who mental handicaps of various some sort of yeah and just sort of that's I I just thought that was so great about him that he was like and now I just like don't play that line I just sing something different in the UK because I realized it's you know it's not fun anymore for them if and like what's the point of my music if not for people to have fun well yeah that would be if yeah if you if you were never intentionally trying to use Mm -hmm. a slur Mm -hmm. it would be insane to not change it and sure there are people and artists out there who probably be like no this is my song but that would be weird to go out and be like, Hey, I'm about to say this thing. That's going to bum everyone out. Like, yeah. Yeah. But he, yeah, he's just trying, he's trying to do it right. So yes, that song is amazing. And I would not say no to, Oh God, imagine a Mandalorian weird Al song. Like you haven't seen it yet, but that's since that's like the newest, most popular star Wars thing currently. And it has, a simple enough story that he could very much do like Mando well, as gotta, I don't know what song he would the, parody the, that. Uh, you know, people love things in threes, and he's got two Star Wars songs. So wait, what is the other one? Yoda. Oh Yoda. yeah, 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 yeah. Yoda. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yoda. <laughs> yeah, so Yoda. he could do. That's so good. Man, what song would he? Would he parody for a Mando? This is my specialty. Yeah, it's true. Well, should should it be? Does does it need to be a new current song? Does it should it be a classic song more like American Pie? He could do it with anything. I mean, yeah, he he has he yeah. There it does it wouldn't have to be. I certainly and he wouldn't do this, but I'm sure people would suggest it of like, oh, just do American Pie again, but change the lyrics like. Nah. Just like a reboot instead of like just a new Star Wars song. And he did say like he's not doing albums anymore. He's just going to do singles every now and like whenever he feels like it. I'm like, feel like this, Al. Feel yeah. like Star Wars time. If you're listening, Al. The love of my life, platonically, <laughs> musically. Yeah, well, when we, when we tweet a link for this episode, we'll be like, the episode in out, which we out. plead Weird Al to make another Star Wars song, preferably based off of The Mandalorian. Really, whatever, whatever you got, Al, I want. Yeah, I mean, literally any of it. Um, okay, so to, to finish us out here, I am going to do my personal hot take, which is ties in with so many of the things we've been saying throughout this uh and it's maybe it's almost too too easy and you've certainly heard me say this before but um i think and i'm still trying to figure out how to word this properly because i don't want it to come across as like harsher than it actually is intended but i think the movies are here i'll put it this way the movies are the all the small things of Star Wars where I people, you know, but I guess listeners wouldn't know my fate. My all time like favorite band is Blink-182 and but their biggest song is all the small things, which is a good song, arguably a great song for certain reasons and is extremely accessible and catchy. But to me. It is by far their least interesting song and showcases 
the least of what makes them great, save for a few things that are more production oriented than songwriting. And I mean, Tom has gone on record that all the small things was like borderline last minute, but that happens a lot with famous singles where it's like, Oh, this was the last one we wrote. We needed one more. Um, I think that's I, the tiger was that way. Probably some guns and roses stuff. Uh, but um, so yeah, that being said, like, so all the small things, amazing song. It's a hit for a reason. You can analyze it and find all kinds of great stuff. But you can, you will get, if you like that, you will get even more out of the rest of their catalog for the most part, unless you're going for all the small things. Cause you're like, Oh, this is a simple, clean, non-offensive song. Then maybe the rest of the catalog is it for you. But with star Wars, it's, I mean, it's not that as extreme as that example, but the things that I like about Star Wars, I get more of when you, with, for example, with the new shows with Mando and Book of Boba Fett and all the ones coming up and the animated shows, you get more time to focus on specific things. And as much as people, for whatever reason, make fun of the fact that everything in Star Wars has a backstory, it's like, yeah, that's part of the reason why we love it because you just like and we've been saying this whole episode you get to see all kinds of different stories and perspectives and genres mm-hmm. so you get more of that you get to go more in depth whereas the movies and this was most uh this was demonstrated by the sequel trilogy that they're still going of course for the broadest audience the most people and for some reason, and I think this is changing, that meant, oh, well, let's just go overly basic um, for a lot of it. Whereas then we started, we got Rogue One, which is awesome. Like so good doing like essentially approaching like a full on war spy movie, like totally new characters, all that stuff. Um and then, like I said before, I was trying not to give away my my final thing, but like like the like books and comics and stuff, you just get you can do things that not that you can't in movies or TV, but for some things you can or that work mm-hmm. better that way. But and then my final sort of thing to support this idea is stuff from these new and also a critique of that first take of Disney or not a critique, kind of agreeing that all these things that have been co- mostly consistent and cohesive in the Disney canon, new canon of books and comics, they're starting to make their way into the shows and probably movies. Um, and I mean, they did, Rogue One had Forrest Whitaker playing the adult version of an animated character from 10 years earlier. Like that's, they, so not only do you get more you can get more out of the non-movie stuff. They, they're starting to make the movies even better. Yeah. I think um, kind of just relating it back to that first Disney take, that's what I think is so interesting about now CBS sort of having a lot of the Star Trek uh, IP is that they have all these different, there's like, I think four different 
current Star Trek shows on CBS. And like, mm-hmm. I've watched a little bit of each of them. I'm not like a huge, huge Trekkie or anything. Um, I said that like it was a bad thing to be a huge, huge Trekkie, which I don't think it is. But I really like the new Star Trek movies. And I like, um, I like Next Generation and um, whatever. I mean, I like anything Star-, Star Trek I've seen pretty much. But um there's like Picard and then there's Below Decks, which is animated and funny and just like kind of like that more like nine to five unseen yeah. people one, which is always fun to see. And like and then there's um, Discovery, which is cool. And like, I mean, there's a, and it goes back to our like kind of recurring theme of like, why do you want less of something you like? Like, why well, want less? really yeah well and like i don't and even and it is even that's even more supported by me saying i like them and i don't really watch them like i've just seen them a few times and thought they were great and like i might watch them again like i might watch more like i don't know but just that they exist is fun to me just knowing that like there's an appreciation for like a bunch of different sides of star trek where like you know picard is kind of the the little bit grittier moodier one and i guess there's only three not four i thought there were four there might be a no, fourth one the, that I'm i think forgetting. there is a fourth one or there's going to be or something because yeah. i i had that similar thought recently i was like wow they there's a lot of star trek stuff going on and i also am like kind of a casual appreciator like i've enjoyed certain things but haven't gotten fully into it i have seen a little bit of lower decks that i liked um and is that's a great example of a like don't sort of complain because like like, oh, you're just going to do a comedy and it's going to be like Family Guy or whatever or this or that. Um, but from what I could tell, A, it was funny and well animated. And B, I've read that it's extreme. It's like Lego Batman movie was where it's like just so deep. Like you can tell and how Mando and the new Star Wars shows are where it's like it's finally being made by fans. So yeah it feels more like the universe than ever because they are using everything and they're, they're, they're not a JJ Abrams or any of these others like franchise directors who come in and they're like, well, I don't care that this already happened. I'm going to put my stamp on it. And then they just do something that doesn't feel right. Yeah. And yeah. And star Wars can, and I think will continue to have that because of course they're just continuing to do Mm -hmm. more stuff. Um, And some things, are falling by the waist like stuff that might not work might not stick around that's just how it works yeah just like in this like day and age when you like can relatively cheaply make things and like there's no shortage of talent out there for people to both be in it and be behind the scenes of it and write it and direct everything like why not make it and if it doesn't work don't make it again. I don't know. Make something else. Like that's like a big, um, just sort of thing I've realized in the last year, like or last couple years of just like as I like I got into crochet about a year ago. I learned probably a, a year and two months ago around my birthday, and at first, like I was like really precious about my yarn. I was like, oh, I only have like a little bit of this yarn. Like I don't, really, I don't waste it, but like one thing that's like very great about crochet is you can unravel anything and reuse that yarn. Like even if you've cut it, like you can tie it back together. It's like really not a big deal. And like, I've had to sort of like kind of train myself to be like, okay, you had this idea 
like you're going to keep thinking about it. So just make it. And if it doesn't work, unravel it like big deal. And like, yeah, I would spend, I would have wasted three hours, but I'm still like kind of, I mean, I'm practicing a stitch or like whatever, like I'm still learning something from it. And I'm learning that the idea I had didn't work and like how to improve on that idea. So, and of course, like there is something to be said about like, because I sometimes think about like, like categorically bad movies being made and how like that money could go anywhere else. And then I think about like all the people who did make money and further their careers, even if it was a shitty movie, like, especially not the actors, like the, you know, PAs and like EPs and whoever just like is, you know, got to work on something that they, even if they had no passion for it, they were like, they got to work on something, which is a credit. And then they get to do other things. Like, so I don't know my overall, my overall, I guess, take on media is just make, make things. And if they don't work out, make something else. And why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just art. Unless your media is like, I don't know, Nazi propaganda, maybe don't make that, but like, (laughs) yeah, definitely don't make that. Well, and that's the thing too, like very, almost no movies are seem like they're going to be bad while you're making them. Yeah. Like, or, or are intended to be that just often according to actors and directors and stuff, they're like, sometimes it just happens and you're like, damn it. But there are some times where it's like, it's basically money laundering and stuff, but those people like know. And yeah, yeah, that's a whole, whole other thing. Like Um, how uh, Fox keeps having to make fantastic four movies just to keep the IP, even though they make bad movies with it. And then exactly. Well, yeah, specifically (laughs) the the nineties one that they never even intended to release. Um, Mr. Sunday movies has a really good video about that, but um, yeah, that the the Bruce Willis shows up for a day and makes a million dollars for some straight to DVD thing that like I don't I don't remember the whole article, but it's very sketchy in certain ways. But yeah, aside from that, if someone is genuinely trying to make something that they think is good and they are paying people fair wages and are right. being responsible while doing it. Yeah. They should continue to do so. Yeah. Why not? I mean, there is no good reason why not. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. And with that, we have we have solved Star Wars discourse forever. Yeah. No more toxicity, everyone. Although I will say to close out, like, because we mentioned how so much of the discourse always has to be about either toxic fandom or whether something this was good or bad or this. I just want to say if someone does does hear this, first of all, thank you. And but they want they love Star Wars and they do want to talk about it without constantly having to deal with the real world nonsense part of it. There are people out there like me and us who want to talk about it. And then uh, Star Wars Explained, Mr. Sunday Movies, Four Center, places like those that are all about just enjoying Star Wars itself in as positive and joyful a way as possible and not not getting into any of that other nonsense unless they absolutely have to and very yeah. briefly so it okay. can be done hopefully we have done it and we'll continue to do it um but yeah next time yeah. we will have another topic and 
if you mm-hmm. are listening to this somewhere, you can comment, comment your hot takes as well yeah. as uh, some topic suge- suggestions. Yeah, we are on uh, Twitter at Not Takes Pod. We are on TikTok as Not Takes Pod. Um, there's a link in your show notes where you can leave us a voice message um, if you want to. I don't know anything you want to say. Say it. Give us your hot takes. Give us your thoughts. Whatever. Give us your we'll... impressions of characters that we've talked yeah, about. Sure. <laughs> maybe we'll have a uh, if we get some voicemails maybe we'll do a little bonus i don't know mailbag episode I would or love something that That'd that be would great. be super cool so we are on and we are on instagram as not takes pod so we're on instagram twitter and tiktok all is not takes pod you can find us and uh tell us your hot takes maybe you'll be featured in a future episode and we'll see you next week see ya